I'm Kia Miakonitis. This is NPR's Book of the Day. Time travel sounds cool, but the concept always hits a quagmire. If you go back and try to change the past, who knows what you're screwing up in the present? That's what seventh grader Raheem Reynolds learns after his best friend, Keja, invents a cell phone for him that kind of accidentally transports him back to 1997. Their adventure to travel back to present-day Philly, where they live, forms the plot of The Rhythm of Time, a new children's book by crime writer S.A. Cosby and musician Amir Questlove-Thompson. They both chat here with NPR's Aisha Roscoe about writing time travel for young readers. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. Musician Questlove found himself struggling with all that downtime during the pandemic lockdown. I'm living a real 24-hour day where the only thing I can look forward to is DJing online for three hours and figuring out what I have to do for Fallon on my iPhone. Amir Questlove-Thompson, drummer for The Roots, band leader for Jimmy Fallon, Oscar-winning director of Summer of Soul, was used to being busy, really busy. So he started thinking about something he'd always wanted to do, but didn't think he could actually pull off. In my mind, I'm so obsessed with time travel, but I'm one of those nerds that Yeah, I'm sorry. It took me till the pandemic to watch Star Wars, the complete series, and things that nerds are supposed to know already, like nerd one-on-one stuff. I just thought that I I can't write a book about time travel and stuff. Like, I don't even know what the terms to use. It was suggested that Questlove reconnect with somebody he'd been introduced to a few years back. It was like a play date, like, hey, you guys should be friends. Because, you know, Sean at the time was like the, the new kid on the block, like... He was New York Times bestselling author. The Sean there is Sean Andre Cosby, better known as S.A. Cosby, writer of gritty crime novels that critics and readers rave about. I mean, Obama put Cosby's book, Razorblade Tears, on his summer reading list, so you know he legit. Cut to the chase, Cosby liked the idea. There aren't really any rules about time travel. It's how far you want to go with it as a creative person. You know, it's like... You know, to quote Star Wars, nobody knows how lightsabers work. They just know they're cool. You know, it's not a Stephen Hawking dissertation. You just got to make it make sense. The duo gave themselves an additional challenge. Write the book for some of the toughest audiences around. Middle school kids. Now, music does play a role in the book. Here's a little reading from it. We asked Cosby and Questlove to share. Time is like a song. There's a rhythm to it that has been disrupted. If it can't be corrected, all of existence could end in an instant. The Rhythm of Time, that's the title, follows a kid from Philly, Raheem, and his best friend, Keja. Raheem gets transported from present day all the way back to June 1997. So, I mean, I guess that is old to somebody born in 2010. 
You see, Raheem just loves a rap group from the 90s that broke up. Questlove says the whole project is kind of rooted in stuff that he wished he had coming up. All of my creative choices in life literally stem from wanting to fill a void that I felt. I mean, I, I would have loved to have found the time machine back in 1986 mm-hmm. to prevent Prince from breaking up the revolution <laughs> in Japan. You know, I would have I would have loved that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I thought about it, like, because I'm also obsessed with the movie Back to the Future, and I know the perils of messing with time. And, like, I thought, like, what if you saved a group that you loved and then you came back to the future and that group actually wound up being horrible? <laughs> like, because, like, they yeah. should have broken up. There's some groups that I feel like, yeah, you should have only made four records and then that's it. Sean, I wanted to ask you, because, Quest, you mentioned the rap group that Raheem is obsessed with in the book. And this is a group that was created, you know, for for the book. So it's a fictional group, but it's called For the Hard Way. And you talked about, you know, him trying to get the group from breaking up. Why use that as a plot device? Well, you know, for me, taking everything that, like, what Quest was saying about his childhood, but also me and him about the same age. And I'm a 90s hip-hop head kid you know i grew up on not just the roots but wu-tang and early jay-z and you know souls of mischief and and all these groups that maybe people today don't really listen to that are really foundational acts in hip-hop so as a hip-hop head it was just a really cool way to sort of harken back to those groups that maybe had like quest said one or two or three good albums and what happened to them and as a fan, you feel like, oh, man, I wish they had made a, like 10 more albums. But then as an adult, you realize, hey, maybe that was their moment. That was their zenith. And I kind of wanted to use that as a life lesson for Raheem. Sometimes what you think you want is not what you should have. You know, I grew up in the 90s as well. So all of these ideas of these artists as classics, it you know, it can make you feel like, oh, I'm, it, this is classics now? <laughs> I will admit that in my professional life, I probably decided to go full-fledged with this because I also want to get rid of my fear of communicating with anyone born after 2005. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, because like adults tend to go to their safe zone where they just like talk down to kids and you know, kids don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that ain't real music. Like, I don't want to be my dad. I remember like... My dad, especially in 91, like like I'd listen to a Tribe Called Quest or Daylight or Public Enemy, and my dad would roll his eyes, and that's not music. And then I would see uh, Quincy Jones's uh, documentary, Listen Up, and wow, like he's just an open book. He's accepting. And in my mind, I was like, man, why can't my dad be like that? And I vowed never, ever to be the grumpy <laughs> old person that does that. A couple weeks ago, I went to a uh, middle grade school uh to do a a lecture and there's nothing more terrifying than to try to convince 12 and 13 year olds that you're cool and so it's like (laughs) yeah that's a that's a herculean effort but uh i will say that i also was able to talk about you know my writing journey and and the book uh that you know quest of i have have done and after the event a young brother came up to me 12 or 13 years old and you know he says to me he's like hey i kind of wanted to be a writer but i didn't know any other any black writers 
<laughs> oh, you want to feel old, Questlove? The kid I was talking to, I said, yeah, man, I met Questlove. He's like, yeah, that's my mom's favorite band. I'm Yo, like, I'm everybody's <laughs> grandparents. Let me put on my shawl and, and drink my my uh, drink my herbal tea now as I sit yes. in the corner. But uh, this kid, you know, he was so happy to see a black writer. He was so happy to see a, a, a writer that looked like him that had made it. And so, you know, I think that's the biggest thing I hope that we can do with this book is inspire kids. So, you know, clearly this is meant to be a series. So I have to ask you both. Are, are you guys going to keep working together? Are there going to be more books? Um, so we jumped the gun a little bit. I will say that, yes, we, we are talking about a sequel right now. Both of us are, our plates are so full right now. Like, I know that every time I turn around, like Sean has a new book <laughs> coming out every few seconds. But, you know, multitasking is probably my greatest occupation. So, yeah, I, I think that we are going to take time out to write our next adventure for uh, Raheem and, and Keja. When you become a certain type of writer and you write in a certain genre, you know, you sort of get typecast. And so I have been very grateful, very, very blessed to have a lot of, you know, really, really great times as a crime writer, great success. But as a creative person, being able to tap into this other part of my brain, into this other part of my creativity has been a blessing. And so, yeah, I definitely, we've discussed ideas for Raheem and, and Cage's next adventure. And I love the idea of, of these two kids just kind of taking on the world. And uh, I don't think there's anybody who is more full of ideas that I could work with than Amir. You know, I love getting the three o'clock text. You know, we need more dinosaurs, Sean. We need more dinosaurs. <laughs> I love that stuff. That's S.A. Cosby and Quest Love. Their new book is called The Rhythm of Time. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com NPR. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mass Mutual. The Financial Educators Council says 39% of Americans don't have someone to go to for financial advice, but you can plan for the short and long term with someone backed by 170 years of financial expertise at MassMutual.com. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.